Let's all stand. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter number 4. Luke chapter number 4. Luke chapter number 4. Let me tell you, uh, I'm going to change things up a bit today. We're trying, we're, we're trying to work on this lapel mic and we'll get it figured out. Uh, I'm going to change things up today. Okay, y'all listening? It's, today's going to be different. One thing you will learn about me is that I'm not a storyteller. That there's a lot of preachers that just tell stories and then add in a little scripture. But that's not me. I, 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 I don't know about you, but I come to church to hear preaching. I, I don't, if I want to hear a story, I'm going to go down to the library to story time. Amen? Amen. I want to hear the Word and the Bible. But this morning I'm going to be different, okay? I'm going to be different. Uh, I'm going to start out with a little, little story that I want to tell you about. But uh, it will all come together at the end. But I said today, today's just going to be different. And I know today is Father's Day. If you're a father, you're blessed this morning. Thank, and we have a, a special uh, gift for you before you leave today, fathers, uh, that the ladies uh, made some cookies for you today to take home. So uh, appreciate them doing that. But um, Luke chapter number 4, verses 18 and 19 reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty, liberty them that are bruised. And verse number 19 says, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now something different today I want to preach to you. What is the role of the pastor in the church? What is the role of the pastor in the church? Let's pray. Our Father, what a blessing to be in your house already today. And Lord, we thank you uh, for your spirit. Lord, we thank you we're able to sing about you. We're able to worship you. We're able to uh, just exalt your wonderful, precious name today. Be with us now as we go into your word and, and this time of the message, Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Empty me, Lord, of myself. Lord, don't, don't let it be about me. Let it all be about you. And we give you the honor and the praise and the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. What is the role of the pastor in the local church? Well, I, I'm going to tell you what I, what I did not, what, I'm, I'm using myself as a reference. So you got to bear with me because uh, I, while I was studying this week and I had a different message uh, that I was preparing it and God was, was not letting me go that way. And he says, I want you to, pre I want you to preach something different. And he said, I want, I want you to preach about you. And I said, about me, but not about me, but about a preacher. What, what is the role of the preacher in the local church? Well, I want to tell you, and I, but I, have, I want to tell you my testimonies would begin, but let me tell you what I, what I am not here for. Let me tell you this to start off. I, I am not, not, God did not send me here. All right, everybody listen. He did not send me here to dictate. God did not send me, did not uproot my whole family from all that they have never, ever known in their whole life to come destroy a church. I did not come here to just uh, use First Baptist Church as a stepping stone to get somewhere else. Somebody once told me that, said, why, why would he leave a, uh, a 
thriving church, because I and a thriving youth ministry that have been in for 14 years. Why would he leave that, that big church and come down to a little church? God, that's why. But uh, and Becky had been in the church, uh, her daddy's church for 24 years or 25 years. What was it? A long time since she was seven, but she won't tell you how old she is. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so I want you to take a trip back with me, okay? You just got to bear with me this morning because I'm sharing my heart with you, okay? Uh, I, I'm not, uh, it's going to be different, but I'm sharing my heart with you this morning. And, I, and then we're going to get to the message in a minute. But what is the role of the pastors, of a pastor in the local church? But I want you to first to take a trip back with me to 2008. And that's a long time ago, right? To <laughs> 2008. We, uh, Brother Tippy. Uh, his birthday's next uh, Tuesday, right? That's right. Tuesday's his birthday. He's going to be 94, and my birthday's on Thursday, and I'm going to be 35. I said, man, he was 56 when I was born. So, but we're not going back that far. Right now we're going to go back to uh, 2008. I want you to go back there with me. Uh, in a revival meeting, God spoke to me. We were having a revival meeting with... Uh, I believe it was Greg Locke when he was, when he was on the, if you have, anybody's ever heard of Greg Locke before, but he was on a, he was on the right path then, he's kind of straight off now, but back then we were having a revival meeting with uh, Greg Locke, and God spoke to my heart, and, and in that revival meeting, and God told me, he said, I want you to preach, and I, I didn't listen, and Becky and I were already married then, we didn't have any children, but uh, I didn't listen. And then in October 2011, we'll advance forward a little bit to 2011 at another revival meeting with uh, Brother Billy Abbott. And he's going to be preaching revival for us here uh, coming in August, the end of August through the 1st of September. Wonderful man, uh, just a godly man, his wife, children, talented people. But anyways, during that, that revival meeting, October 2011, I have it written here in my Bible. Uh, October, I have it written somewhere, October the, oh man, anyways, October, I had the date written in there, but October 2011, uh, I surrendered to the Lord to preach. And I, I finally gave my life over to the Lord, and I told him, I said, Lord, I, I will go wherever you want me to go. So, I, I ran from God all those years, but that final day, October 2011, I threw up the white flag of surrender and told the Lord, no more. No more while I try to run. Becky and I, coming this August, we'll be married 11 years. Never once has she ever told me she wouldn't go where I was going. I'll take you to 2006, back to 2006. We, we were in our dream home, a beautiful 1912 Victorian house. Oh, it was so pretty. And it was on the historic district. You know, I thought it was somebody. <laughs> and it was a prime spot. Yeah, it was a prime spot for Christmas. Anytime that I move, I look for Christmas. Yeah, I'm not going to move out in the woods where some of you live because if people can't see my Christmas lights, I'm not going to live there. <laughs> but this, this time, we were living in this beautiful home. We were renting it. It wasn't ours, but it was a blessing. And it was just beautiful. But we were getting ready to leave. We had turned in our notice at our jobs. We had turned in our notice at the house that we were moving. Because my dream, 
is it was always to be a designer, an interior designer. For, for years, that, that, was my, that was my life's dream. Up until we moved here, I would decorate 30 to 40 people's Christmas trees a year. Uh, businesses, uh, funeral homes, uh, where, wherever, who it was. I, I still have people uh, today uh, that will not paint their house, will they? They will not paint their house unless I come approve the paint colors. <laughs> or they won't buy furniture until I go with them to pick out the furniture. But that was back then too. But so anyways, we're leaving and, and Becky was following me. We, were, we, had, we had went to Charlotte, North Carolina and, and had signed up to go to the Art Institute of Charlotte and to be a designer. That's not what God wanted. So Becky went ahead and she got pregnant. <laughs> it was her fault. With Eli. I, you know, I'm kind of glad today that it's just our church family with you. Jamie, I'm glad y'all are here today too. But uh, I love it when y'all come. But it's mostly church family today. And I'm glad that you're this, this because I want to share this with you. So anyways, we're here. And uh, we were going to move. We were leaving to go to Charlotte. And we were, we were preparing to leave. We'd already given up our house and everything. But then Becky was, was pregnant. And so Eli, he kind of stopped us from leaving. But it was God. It was really God. Because no matter how much my heart wanted or, or my mind wanted to be a designer or whatever, that wasn't God's heart for me. That wasn't God's plan for me. And just the other day when I was preparing this message, I looked back in this old Bible. And I got this Bible when I got baptized. And it's falling apart with duct tape on it. Don't feel sorry for me because I love this Bible. I have plenty of Bibles. But this is my, I love my Bible. I look back in this Bible. And I've told you this before, I see the, peep, the children that I've led to the Lord. Whitney was saved on September 28, 2011. Nicole was saved on uh, October 8, 2011. Joseph Medlin led to the Lord, baptized 2013. If I would have went with me. And, and if I would have not listened to God, I, I don't know about those souls. All through my Bible, the Lord has allowed me to lead people to Christ. But, but if I would have chosen me, if I would have said, no, I'm not doing what God wants me, God wants me to do. I'm going to do what Travis wants to do. But I thought about those people in there in that Bible, and I said, what, what if those people, what if those ch children, those teenagers, had never been led to Christ? And, and, and God would have sent somebody else. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But then also think about the people that Becky's, the, the children and the ladies that Becky has led to the Lord in that time frame. That wouldn't have happened, maybe not have happened. So if, if I would have let me stand in the way, I always think, what could have happened? 
All right, fast forward. I'm, I'm, I'm over most of the emotional stuff. Fast forward to 2014. And our, our ministry at Southside Baptist Church was thriving as for a youth ministry. And, and, and our church was not on the road like this. And some of you have been there. We, we were not on a main road. We was out in the woods. Where the only thing we, we smelt when we left. We, you know how you leave here and you smell uh, Wendy's or something over there? Or, you know, sometimes we get the whiff of KFC coming over here, which smells really good. But you know what you get down there at, at Southside? Cows. <laughs> the cow fields next door. But anyways... Our, our ministry was, th- was thriving there. God, God was still working and God was blessing. But, but God was preparing my heart and God was changing my heart to not work with the youth anymore. Mo- most Wednesday evenings, I, I would go out and meet the bus. The church bus. If you understand, my phone would start ringing at 3 o'clock. When the minute school let out, my phone would start ringing. And the kids would be calling me. Are, are you, is the bus driver coming to get me for church? Are, are they coming to get me for church? Are they going to be here? I said, yes, we'll be there. And sometimes we run two buses on, you know, on Wednesday nights. And I would run one and the other guy would run the big bus. Well, anyways, most Wednesday nights I would stand out there in that, in that bus. I mean, stand out there and wait on that bus to come. And I would look, all those teenagers, all of those little kids, sometimes we've had as many as 110 there before, but I'd see those kids running off that bus, and they would run to give me a hug, or give me a high five, and most of the girls would say, where's Miss Becky? And I say, she's in the fellowship hall, so they run to get her. And then, then I would look at those, we had, because of that program, we had like 20-some workers, faithful workers that would help us. Working in the kitchen, you know, and those things, you know. And I would look at them and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you so much, Lord, for trusting us with their souls. And thank you, Lord, for trusting us with them. And then in August of 2014, somebody, Mike Ward, talked to Becky's dad, and he says, uh, would you want to go down to Powhatan, Virginia, to preach? I said, what's Powhatan? <laughs> no, I, I did. I said, where's Powhatan? But anyways, so we, we came here. And I will tell you, the second we left this church, our first Sunday... Becky's the witness. We were in the car headed back down to Cozy Acres where we were staying. And we looked at each other and we said, God wants us here. We knew it. God God did that. Now let me tell you, yes, right now, First Baptist Church, we're on the upswing. And one of these days we'll be thriving. And right now we're not busting with children. We're not busting with teenagers. And we're not, we're not doing those things. But we're just starting. We're, we're, we're going to get there. And that's going to happen. And God's going to bless. And God's going to move. And God's going to save souls. And God's going to change people's lives through our church. And God's going to do that. Then, just a few Sundays ago, 
I remember God speaking to me during fellowship time. And I looked over you all. Hugging, shaking hands, laughing. And I said, Lord, thank you for sending us here. Lord, thank you for that. As undeserving as I, yeah, I don't have a college degree. I don't. I, I, I'm not a philosopher. I, I'm not going to be able to break out the Hebrew lexicon or whatever you want to call it and, and go down through things with you. But God sent me here. And I'm so thankful that he did. And, and God's going to change this place for his glory. And I know we had some doubters. We had some Debbie doubters about me. And that's okay. That's normal. But that's all right. So anyways, that Sunday I was thinking and I was looking at the Lord. And I, was, and I looked, thanking the Lord. And, I, and he just spoke to me. He said, look at these people. Look at all these people. And I said, Lord, thank you for sending me here. All right. Now as a preacher would do, i got to turn this into a message. <laughs> what, what's the role What's the role of the pastor in the local church? I'm going to give you three things. Uh, the answer can be found, of course, that when we look at the ministry of Jesus. The New Testament accounts reveals five things about the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus builds his relationship with his Father. He preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. He met with the needs of people. He, he made disciples through the power of the Spirit. And he gave his life as a sacrifice. And, and these are a true keys to a biblical ministry. And may I say this, is that uh, a deacon, uh, a Sunday school teacher, a lay person, the church member, does not have to answer for the church. The Bible says that the pastor does. And the time that I am here, I will answer for how I lead our, this church. Not you. Me. When I get to heaven, God, God is going to judge me on how I led this church. And if the church rises or falls, you know what? It's on my shoulders. And I said before, I'm not here to dictate, but I am here to lead and I am here to guide. If the church struggles financially, I have to answer for that. If the church makes bad decisions, I will have to answer to that. What am I here for? I, I am here to, to feed you spiritually. I am here to encourage you. I am here to help you grow. A pastor is here to rebuke and redirect if you're headed in the wrong direction. And I'm here to watch over your soul. A pastor wears many hats, and it's far more than just preaching. Preaching is, is, a, is a portion of it, but pastoring is the big part. And, and I'm expected to visit you when you are sick. To minister to you in times of discouragement and comfort you in times of death, whatever may happen. But a pastor has to keep a watchful eye over the whole workings of the church. 
whole thing. So here are my three points today. Write these down because these can apply to you as well. Here are my three points. A pastor's role is made up of, it's way more than three points, but here's the three. Number one, Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, you know this verse, finish it. Where there is no vision, the people, what? Perish. Perish. Number one, a pastor has a vision. A, A healthy church has a vision, a vision for the future, a vision for growth, not only uh, physically and in the numbers, but also spiritual growth. And, And I believe this morning without a doubt that God has given me the vision for First Baptist Church. And it's not to stay where we are. It is not to stay where we are. We should always be moving forward and pressing on. We should always, we should never get stagnant. And we should never get lukewarm. It should never be that way. We should always be fresh and full of life. But God has a vision for First Baptist Church. And I, this, is, this is my First Baptist Church, the, the vision that I believe that God has for our church. You know, I can have the vision, but I've got to share the vision with you. Because I can't do this vision by myself. You've you got to do it with me as a church whole. First Baptist Church is to be a, a soul-winning church, a soul-loving church, a soul-stirring church, a soul-changing church, and a soul-restoring church. And where there is no vision, the people perish. We will have a vision together to progress for the Lord and to move forward for Him. We're not going to be stagnant. We're not going to be lukewarm. We're not going to be comfortable. We're not going to be that way. We always want to move forward and press forward. But, but a pastor has a vision. The next thing, number two, 1 Corinthians 14, 19. Two verses I want to read you. Yet in the church I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also that 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. God sent me to First Baptist Church to be a voice. A pastor has a voice. He, He sent me here to preach His Word. He sent me here to teach His Word. He he sent me here to use His Word for the cause of Christ and to lead others to Christ. And He sent me here to encourage you to do the same things. And and my voice will have to defend the church in times when defense is needed. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Now, then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. We are ambassadors for Christ. Not just the pastors. We are all ambassadors for Christ. We are all these things. You you have a voice as a Christian. You have a voice to stand up for things. You have a voice that you can share and you can go out and do things for God. When you were saved, you asked the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. You have a voice for Him. Just as much as I have a voice in the church for you. Number three, the last thing. 2 Timothy 2.21 If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. 
A pastor is a vessel. A pastor is a vessel. But a, but a pastor is a vessel, vessel, vessel used of God. In 1991, when I gave my life to Christ at 11 years old, you think back when you gave your life to Christ, you became a vessel for Him. An empty vessel. I was empty back then, but He filled me with the Holy Spirit. He gave me the ability to preach and to do other things. And He gave you the ability to, to teach or to witness or whatever. You are a vessel for Him today. You are a vessel. What is a, a vessel? I was looking at this. And a vessel is an empty container that can be filled with anything. And we are vessels for Christ and we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that allows the Holy Spirit to flow through us. And then, and then when the Holy Spirit's in us, we do things for Christ that we can't imagine. We, we can't, you know, God gives us the words to say when we need to talk. God directs our paths and He leads us in the ways that we should go. We, we are a vessel for Him. Most of the time, what stands in our way, most of the time, what stands in my way? Me. Me. I stand in my way. It's not other people. You can pass the blame all you want. And most people want to do that, want to pass the blame all the time. And blame things on Well, I don't serve the Lord anymore because of so-and-so in the church. Or blah, blah, blah. Or, or this. Or I don't do this anymore because of that person. No. Look in the mirror. It's you. Most of the time, that's what it is. So I want to ask you this morning as, as I close. I know this was a little different today. And y'all are being awful quiet, which scares me. Um, but maybe that means you're listening. That's good. But today... Are you a vessel being used by God? Can, can you really say that you're being used by God? That you're saying, Lord, you take this vessel and you use it for your honor and for your glory. Or is your, are you not using your, letting your vessel be used for the Lord? I got a dear friend of mine. And, and I don't know what I would do. I don't, know, I don't know what I would do if this happened to me. But I have a, a friend of mine, a good man, a godly man. And he always wanted to go be a missionary. But his wife wouldn't do it. His wife wouldn't let him. He's miserable to this day because he's not doing what he... I, I don't know what I would have done if, 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 if um, I didn't have Becky supporting me as a, as a wife. I don't know what I would do. I, I just don't understand how that happened. I, I got a, another person that I know, and he's a pastor of a church, and his wife doesn't even go to church. She doesn't want anything to do with God. We are, we are vessels. Is anything holding you back this morning? Is anything holding you back from allowing God to use you? Is it you? in the way? Is there something in your life today God has spoke to you about and God said, I want you, Chris, to do this. Or I want you, Freddie, to do this. Or I want you, Margaret, to do this. Whoever. But you don't do it. Is your vessel, have you turned your vessel over to God?
And are you allowing Him to use you and, and, to, and, and to go through you and, and to do great and mighty things for you? Is, is you in the way? Allow God today. I just use me as an example today, but as, as my testimony, what happened to me and what, and what went on in my life. And not every single one of you are going to be preachers. And not every single one of you are going to be a Sunday school teacher. Not every single one of you are going to be a deacon or whatever. You're not going to be a missionary and stuff like that. But you are a Christian. And you are saved by the grace of God. And you are expected to go out and tell other people about Christ. And you are expected to serve Him and, and to do the best that you can for Him. But what about your vessel today? What about that vessel? Are, are you allowing God to use you? Are you allowing God? Maybe it's financially. Maybe you know that, that you have the resources for somebody who needs something financially. Or, or maybe it's just you have the resources in your life to go over and help somebody. Whatever it may be. Are you allowing God to use your vessel? Are you fully surrendered to Him? Are you sold out to Him? Are you giving it all up to Him? That's the question today. Let's all stand. Becky, is that a, we have a song with the best in it. I know this was different today, but I'm, uh, every head bowed and every eye closed. Just to sum it up today, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands or anything like that today, but I'll, I just want you to search your heart today. Search your heart. And you say, Lord, am I allowing you to use me the way that, that I should? Am I the vessel of honor today? yourself that, that you can't be used of God. Ask yourself that question this morning. I'm going to pray and then the altar will be open. And I want you to take this opportunity to, if you're not being used of God, or if you just want to pray to come down to the altar and ask the Lord to fill you and to use you. Our Father, bless this time. Bless your word. Bless these people. In your name I pray. Amen. Is anybody today that says, Lord, I, I'm not allowing you to use me to my full extent, to your full extent. Lord, there's, there's, a, there's a piece of me in the way. Anybody like that in here? You can open, you can look ahead. All right. Don't leave this place not being used of God. Allow God to use you. Maybe you don't think God can use me because I can't talk to people. I can't get up in front of people. or I can't do this stuff. But God can use you. God can use you in many special ways. To send a card or whatever. God can use you. But allow God to use you. 
He'll do great and mighty things through you if we just allow him. You agree with me? Amen. Amen. I know today was different. I want to thank y'all for uh, being here. The, the kids are at the back, and they are uh, giving you some cookies for all you dads.